Are we ready or not ready to get cheesy? Find out next on Junk Feud. Yeah, welcome to Junk Feud, the podcast about junk food, where we rate and review mystery treats to determine which one will be the undisputed champion of snacks. I'm your host, Mike. Alongside me, as always, Alyssa. Hey, Dad. Hey, Liss. How does Darth Vader like his toast? How does Darth (laughs) Vader like his toast? I don't know. On the dark side. Oh. (laughs) I get it. Yeah. So then how would Obi-Wan Kenobi like his toast? I don't know. On the light side? On the the lightsaber side. Oh, the lightsaber side. Okay, sure. Very Star Warsy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Liz. Yeah. Welcome back to the world's yeetest podcast. Yep. How's it going? It's going good. Yeah. What'd you do today? Um, today I went to the park with my friends. Uh huh. And I got back and ate dinner. Oh, anything fun this week? Um, I had a birthday party. Oh, that's exciting. What'd you do? Uh, we went on a haunted hayride. A haunted hayride. It's still the season. Yeah. For haunted hayrides. Yep. And all sorts of fun fall things, right? Mm-hmm. And we are back from our spooky excursion for junk booed. Mood. We had a lot of fun doing that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. That was. It was actually really fun to record. Yeah. There are a ton of like Halloweeny and fall themed snacks. In fact, there's so many we didn't get to all of them this year. So we're going to come back and we're going to do spooky season junk food again next October. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups eggs, the Easter candy, (laughs) (laughs) is still going to be our favorite Halloween candy. That's so weird. Yeah, and for now, we're going to be back on track with season one of Junk Feud up until December. So for the next four weeks, we're going to do a Thanksgiving episode right before we take another break and we're going to go into the holiday season list. The holiday season. Yeah, and we're going to do all of our favorite Christmas and holiday-themed treats, and then we're going to pick back up again in the new year with the thrilling conclusion to season one of Junk Feud. How does that sound? Sounds good. It sounds good. It sounds good to me, too. And guess what? What? I'm super excited for today because, Liz. What? Crunchy salt, my favorite kind of savory snack, is back on the menu today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So what else is going on? Um, hmm. Tell me, when you went to this birthday party the other day, did you guys have any snacks? Did you have any treats? Yeah, we had brownies. Brownies, ooh. Cupcakes, and we were going to paint pumpkins, and then um, we're going to do that maybe next weekend instead. Yeah. Hey, tell me about those brownies, list, because there's like two kinds of brownies, two different kinds that people like. There's either really fudgy brownies that are like super dense and almost underdone, sort of gooey inside. And then there are cakey brownies that are like really lighter and airier and kind of fluffy almost like a cake. Which ones do you like? Fudgy brownies or cakey brownies? Fudgy. Fudgy brownies. Yeah, I think probably if you asked a bunch of people, they would say the same thing. Fudgy brownies. They're so good. Yeah. And everybody has their preferences for the things that they like. Because they like glue your mouth shut. It's like... (laughs) That's right. We were talking about how peanut butter sticks to the roof of your mouth last week. You get the same uh-huh. kind of sensation when you eat those fudgy brownies, huh? Yeah. Yeah. What else? Um, You're putting me on the spot here. No, it's okay. Um, Like what else I did this week? Sure. Um, What's today? Today's... Oh, my birthday. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I got like a, a celebration at school. Oh, yeah. That's fun. So you're you're like too old now to do the traditional little kid birthday celebration at school where like somebody brings in cupcakes or popsicles or whatever, but... We didn't do that last year. Well, no, but you guys did something interesting this year, didn't you? We did. Yeah, what'd you do? No, I'm like asking. Oh, I don't know. I wasn't there. You have to tell me what you did. You said you had a little celebration at school. Oh, well, I just got like a few presents from my friends. Oh, that's fun. And I think I saw some junk food in those little presents that you got from your friends. Yeah, like lots of Sour Patch Kids. Lots of Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids are my favorite. So you'd say Sour Patch Kids are like your favorite sweet treat? Sour snack. Sour snack. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Because I have a lot of favorite snacks, but those are my favorite sour snacks. Well, Liz, that reminds me of today's snack because it's one of my favorite snacks in a certain type of variety. And for me, of course, that's crunchy salt. I'm talking about, of course... Up next on Junk Feud, Cheez-Its. 
Mm, I had a whole box yesterday. Uh, you had a whole box of Cheez-Its yesterday? Half of the box. Did you see half of them were gone? Well, yeah, I was wondering why they were just the little bits in the bottom left for us to try today on the show. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like you're very familiar with Cheez-Its. Liz, what do you know about Cheez-Its? That they are a lightly toasted cracker with the cheesy essence. The cheesy essence. What does that mean to you? I'm not sure, but I heard <laughs> it on an ad. <laughs> So a lightly toasted cracker with a cheesy essence. Liz, if you had to guess, how old would you say these lightly toasted crackers with a cheesy essence are? Oh, like at least 100 years old. Yeah, that's right. Cheez-Its were introduced in 1921, so they're just over 100 years old this year. That's That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Hey, what else was going on in 1921 without uh, looking at the notes? Any ideas? 1921, 1921. I don't know. Well, let's see. Warren G. Harding was inaugurated as the 29th president of the United States. The 29th president. That's right. The Chinese Communist Party was founded. Insulinless was discovered. <sighs> thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. That's kind of a big deal for all it's our... kind of keeping my bestie alive. For all our friends with diabetes out there. Yes, we love you, Ella, and everyone else. That's right. List the first radio broadcast of a baseball game happened in 1921. It was a contest between the Phillies and the Pirates. We love the Phillies. Yeah, the Phillies, our favorite team, still in the playoffs, I hope, by the time this... Uh, comes out? This comes out. Actually, by the time this comes out, it'll be World Series or bust for them. Let's hope they're in the World Series. That's right. Me and my friend are both Phillies fans, and we were at school, and... Um, my friend looks at me and goes, oh my God, we have to check if the Phillies won. So we like searched it up on our Chromebooks and we saw they won. We looked at each other and we we're like, yes, yes, yes. And it was super funny. Yeah, it's very exciting when your favorite team is doing well, isn't it? Yeah, I like, you their, are, I like uh, their little hats. <laughs> you like their little hats. I like their little hats. That's Phillies fandom for small children summed up, I think, in one sentence. I like their little hats. I like their little hat. You are too young to remember the last time that they were actually good. Oh. Because it's been quite some time since they were in the playoffs and they won the World Series, but just a few years before you were born. So this could be interesting for you. I'm excited. I hope they win. Yeah, I hope so too. And uh, they in that first radio broadcast game, they played against the Pirates, which was Uncle Matt's favorite team when we were growing up. The Pirates. I've never heard of them. They're from Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, and they stink now. Oh. <laughs> Well, 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 well. Yeah. Hey, uh, also in 1921, list the first White Castle opened in Kansas. It was the first fast food restaurant ever. I thought White Castle was like a beer. You thought White Castle was a beer? Yeah. Uh, what kind of a beer would White Castle be? I don't know, like a bubbly drink, I thought. You thought a White Castle was a bubbly drink like a beer? That's not a beer? No, White Castle is a hamburger restaurant, Alyssa. Then what am I thinking of? No idea. So I'm guessing then by that interesting factoid there, you've never <laughs> been to a White Castle. No. No. Oh boy. So you are going to have an interesting time. We're going to take you there for sure. White Castle is a fascinating place. Where, with some, are, where's the closest one? There is one in, there's one kind of close by. It's in Roxbury. Where's that? Oh. Not too far away. Where you played soccer yesterday. Yeah, and we won two to one. Congratulations to you and the rest of the team. Yes, good job, team. Yeah, so White Castleists, their claim to fame is that they serve these things that are called sliders, which are very, very tiny little hamburgers. You make those at home. I do make sliders sometimes. I don't make them exactly the way that White Castle does them. Uh, they have a really interesting concept for like the way that the burgers are put together on an assembly line in the restaurant. It's really fascinating. Uh, I think they taste horrible. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't like them very much. Well, this is definitely making me want to go there. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting experience that everybody should have at least once in their life. And I think I've used the word interesting to describe White Castle so far three times, which should <laughs> kind of clue you in that I don't think it's very good at all. Yeah, then why do you have to take me there? Well, like I said, it's for the experience. Everybody should have White Castle at least once in their life. Okay. Hey, do you want to hear a funny story about White Castle? I'm not sure at this point. Oh, yeah. No, it's fairly benign. So when, when mom and I were in high school, there was this program in our school that was called the Gold Card Program, which was like to try to find a way to reward kids for doing good in school, for having good grades. And if you had a certain GPA or above, you were part of the Gold Card Club. The Gold Card Club. You'd get this little gold card and it would uh, entitle you to discounts and other types of uh, promotions and, and certain things that you got in return for doing a good job in school. And one of the things that you always got every marking period in your gold card package was a coupon to White Castle for a free slider because there was a White Castle directly behind our high school. 
Did you get one? I had the gold card uh, every marking period, I think, or close to it, but I never actually went to the White Castle. I always traded the coupons away for other stuff, like an extra chicken nugget or something at lunch because I didn't want to go. I didn't like it at all and I didn't want to go. Did mom ever get it? You know what? I would guess to say that she definitely did not. Why? Mom is a very picky eater, or at least she was in high school. Mm. And White Castle was not on her menu whatsoever at all. Well, the way you describe it, I don't think it would be on my menu either. No, I don't think so either. But you know what? There, There's a, a movie that's quite famous called Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, which came out probably also before you were born. But it's really funny, and probably you can't watch it. Aww. But if you did, you would see like sort of the reason why there's a, a bit of fervor around White Castle and its particular fandom. Fervor. Fervor. What's that? It's a fun word that means like something people are excited about. Fervor. 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 It sounds like you have an accent when you say that or like Fervor. maybe you're you're a little bit tired and you don't quite know what you're saying. Fervor. 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 <laughs> also, uh, Alyssa, in 1921, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is dedicated in the Arlington National Cemetery. Hey. Yeah. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Who's buried in the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier? No clue. You're right. No one. No, it's an unknown soldier. Oh. Get it? No. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, hey, back to Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its are fairly popular, at least in the United States. They sell about $1.2 billion worth of products every year. And in fact, this year, they were the winner of the, get this, Snack Food and Wholesale Bakery Magazine Sa- uh, Snack Producer of the Year Award for 2022. That's a lot. It's a lot of words. I have no idea what any of it means. Winner of the Snack Food and Wholesale Bakery Magazine Snack Producer of the Year Award for 2022. Yeah. That's a lot. All the accolades to Cheez-It, I suppose. Cheez-It. Cheez-It was invented in Dayton, Ohio. Alyssa, have you ever been to Dayton, Ohio? No, I haven't even been in Ohio. Oh, well, I've been there. In fact, there is a very fantastic Air Force Museum in Dayton, Ohio. It's got a a whole bunch of old Air Force One aircraft, you know, the aircraft that the presidents fly around on. Well, now I do. I thought you were talking about shoes. Oh, because Air... Oh, my goodness. Because Air Force Ones are also shoes. Yeah. Do you know the Air Force One song? No. No? Nope. So you can't sing it then? No. Oh, we're going to have to listen to that. But you can sing it. No, I definitely can't do that. I think Nelly sings that song. He was from St. Louis. Who's Nelly? Nelly. Nelly's a hip-hop artist. I don't know who that is. He's a hip-hop artist from St. Louis. Oh. Well, that's about all I know about him as well. (laughs) So Dayton, Ohio, where Cheez-Its were invented, is super proud of the invention of Cheez-Its. And as such, it has written a whole bunch of these self-congratulatory news articles about it. And most of them talk about the invention of the snack by a company called Green & Green, the Green & Green Cracker Company. They had this line of crackers that were called Edgemont Crackers in the 1920s. And the one that became Cheez-It was originally sold as... A baked rarebit. A baked rarebit. Yeah, Liz, do you know what a baked rarebit is? No. Rarebit is sort of like a hot cheese sauce that's ladled over toasted bread. So you get uh, like a crispy piece of bread, but it gets sort of soaked with all of this hot cheese. That it's, sounds good. It does sound good. It's kind of a weird name. And in fact, it's derived from the original treat called Welsh rarebit, which was kind of a derogatory joke against Welsh people. It was sort of a pejorative to mean that Welsh people in the old telling were so poor and dumb that they would eat cheese on toast and call it rabbit. 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 So like rarebit is sort of a, a perversion of the word rabbit. So Welsh rarebit originally came from the idea of Welsh rabbit, possibly. And the idea was that you could feed a Welshman uh, cheese on toast and tell him that it was rabbit and he wouldn't know the difference. Rabbit. Yeah, so it's not a very nice name, probably, but it doesn't really mean that anymore. It's just sort of like hot cheese over toasted bread. So a baked rarebit cracker was the idea that you could try to capture the flavor profile of Welsh rarebit in a shelf-stable snack. And in fact, the Green and Green Cracker Company was able to make a snack that lasted for up to 11 months on shelves with a cheesy essence, as you said. So that was kind of a big deal. cheesy essence. Yeah, cheesy essence. My ad sounded really good. That was a good ad read. You should probably do this for a living, huh? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So Green and Green get their idea for this cracker and, in fact, the recipe as well from another company called the Wolf Cracker Company, which made a line called Wolf Crackers that they later renamed to Dayton Crackers. So you can see how all of this kind of 
comes full circle there. Yeah. We're back to Dayton, Ohio again. So it's like swirly, swirly, swirly maze and then back to the beginning. And then right back to Dayton, Ohio. That's right. And Green and Green bought the recipe for the crackers from a guy named Dr. William Wolf. Well, he was dead at the time, so they bought it from the company. William Wolf was a homeopath. A homeopath? Yeah. Do you know what a homeopath is? No. A homeopath is someone who believes that food can cure illnesses. Do you think foods can cure illnesses? Yes. Yes? Like what kind? Like, like, oh, my, my orange pineapple juice. Oh, magic juice. Magic juice. Yeah, what illnesses does that cure? Um, what was it? In the throat. Strep. You think yeah. that orange pineapple juice will cure strep throat? Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. It works for me. I mean, there is some precedence for drinks and foods being able to alleviate some types of suffering and Magic symptoms juice. of illness. Magic Help juice yourself. for sure. Help. What did you say last time was help yourself? Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, help yourself. Magic juice. Magic help juice, yourself. help yourself. Yeah. Great. You know, sometimes uh, if you have an upset stomach, you can drink ginger ale. ginger ale for it because ginger, ginger root and ginger extracts actually do help to alleviate symptoms of upset stomachs. And Coke, any fizzy drink in my opinion. That's right. That was, um, this is before your time, but there was a movie, I think from 1992 called Doc Hollywood that starred Michael J. Fox. And one of the plot points in that movie was that a local doctor gave a kid complaining of an upset stomach, a Coca-Cola and Michael J. Fox, the doctor from Hollywood wanted to take the boy into surgery. And it was like this conflict that they had between the local people and their local medicine and this fancy hotshot doctor from, well, from out in Hollywood. Hot shot, that reminds me of hot chocolate. Now I want hot chocolate. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, that just, uh, that sounds so good right now. Yeah, so Dr. William Wolf, this Dayton homeopath, he was linked in a way, because they, they sort of traveled in the same circles, to the guy that had invented the graham cracker. And get this list, both of those guys believed that modern food was too exciting too exciting. Too exciting. They thought that food was too exciting and that everybody should be eating things that were plain and boring. Why? There's a whole history to it. When we do graham crackers, we're going to talk about it in depth on that show. So let's save that for another time. When are graham crackers coming out? Oh, pretty soon. I hope. Hopefully. Sure. We'll have to look at the schedule. Okay. So Green and Green was making all of these crackers, but then during the war, they started making hardtack. Do you know what hardtack is? Hardtack. Hardtack. No clue. Yeah, hardtack is sort of like this really hard, dense cracker that you can make that because it doesn't have a lot of moisture in it, it will last for a very long time. People had like hardtacks in their packs when they would go out to war and that sometimes when they were out on the front lines, that would be like the only things that they would eat. The only thing? Yeah, if you only had room in your pack for a little bit of food, you would take some hardtack with you and uh, it was pretty gross. There's a really good video on YouTube from a channel called Tasting History with Max Miller that goes in, in really in depth into the history of hardtack. I won't say it's interesting or fascinating because it's a cracker. A cracker. Yeah, it's just a cracker. But it's a really good video. That guy does really great work. People will go around in their ads and just be like, this amazing soft smash cracker. And then... People will be watching it and she'll just be like, it's just a cracker man. Yeah, I don't think anybody has ever called hardtack amazing. I haven't even heard of it. Well, anyway, what happened was after the war, company started making Dayton crackers again, and their customers wanted something better than just these boring things that were kind of like hardtack. So in 1921, they came up with the recipe for Cheez-Its to try to replicate, like we talked about earlier, Welsh rarebit. Rarebit. Yeah, rarebit. Rarebit. So we've got fervor and rarebit. Fervor, rarebit. Rarebit sounds like uh, like a frog from Boston. <laughs> Rarebit. 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 Squeak. <laughs> squeak. Squeak. The frog squeaks too. Yeah. So after the Depression, which followed on a few years later, Cheez-Its were sort of like a comforting cheap food that lasted a really long time. And get this, list: In the 1930s, they were priced at about 10 cents per pound. Don't Cheez-Its have like something that makes them like addictive? Addictive, you say? I heard that somewhere. Yeah, I think we're probably going to talk about that when we get to the ingredients, aren't we? Yeah, because, oh, I heard it from Ella. Oh, from Ella. Because her mom. Said that Cheez-It crackers are addictive? Well, she heard that from her mom. Oh, yeah, well, she might be onto something there. And in fact, the customers of Cheez-Its, at least during the Depression, thought that they were pretty addictive too, because at 10 cents per pound, like we said before, you could load up and kind of hunker down and have a nice treat that you could have that was comforting and cheap and lasted a long time, like we said earlier. Yeah. And uh, since then, ownership of the Cheez-It cracker has changed hands a few times. First from the Green and Green Company, who bought a recipe from 
the Wolf Cracker Company, and then on to the Loose Wiles Biscuit Company, then to a company called Sunshine List. Those are the same people that made the Hydrox cookies. Yeah. And then to Keebler with the elves, and then on to Kellogg's, the cereal company. The traditional red and yellow Cheez-It packaging came around in the 1940s. If you can believe it, before that, it was green and white. Have you ever seen a Cheez-It box that was green and white? I've seen the white cheddar box. Yeah, okay, the that white cheddar has box. green and white. That has maybe some green lettering on it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And the shape and size of Cheez-Its are pretty familiar, I think, to everyone as well. If you had to look at a Cheez-It, what shape would you say those are? A square. A square. They look square, don't they? Yeah. Guess what? What? They are not a true square. Really? Yeah. By definition, a Cheez-It cracker is 26 millimeters by 24 millimeters. So they are very, very slightly rectangular. They are not actually perfectly square. Well, it does look a bit like the littlest bit longer on this way, the littlest bit wider this way. That's right. Exactly two millimeters, in fact. Well, why would they, why wouldn't they just make it a square? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Eat the salt off of it. Listen, there have been more than 50 different varieties of Cheez-Its over the years. Most of them are cheese themed. So like different variations on the theme of cheese. There's been baby Swiss Cheez-Its, atomic cheddar Cheez-Its, queso fundido, Buffalo wing Cheez-Its, oh, those are one so of my favorites. So good. Yeah, there was an article on Thrillist.com that tried to rank all of the different varieties of Cheez-Its. They yeah. said that Italian four cheese Cheez-Its were the best, although they only rated 21 of the styles instead of all of the different 50 varieties that there had been. We should try all 50. If we could get our hands on all 50 Cheez-Its, I would do it. In fact, you know what? The YouTube channel Good Mythical Morning that we watch sometimes, you know, Rhett and Link. Them. Yeah, we like those guys. About four months ago or so, well, five months ago by the time this airs, they tried as many Cheez-Its as they could possibly get their hands on. How many? I don't remember exactly how many it was, but I think it was more than the 21 that Thrillist did and probably less than the 50 that there have ever been because some of those have been discontinued by now. Well, yeah. And in fact, Liz, aside from the discontinued varieties of Cheez-Its, there are some new incarnations that have come up in the last few years. In 2019, there were Cheez-Its Snap. Those are like the sort of bigger crackery varieties of Cheez-Its. Those are really good. They're sort of like in between a cracker and a potato chip. Yeah. And then there are Cheez-Its Puff. I've tried those before. Yeah, those just recently came out. They're like small rectangular shaped cheese puffs, like Have almost like a one? Cheeto puff. Yeah, I've had them. I think they're pretty good. I just, I, my friend had a bag of them at school. I was like, what are those? She goes, they're, she said it just like someone like on TV would be like, she was like, they're Cheez-It Puffs. <laughs> Did she also say help yourself right afterwards? No. No. Oh, she... I would. Now everything I'm going to say, I'm going to say something, something, help yourself. Something, something, help yourself. Wait, will we get like copyright for that? Oh, you might. Oh, maybe I'll stop. <laughs> okay. So Liz, all of these different varieties of Cheez-Its, including the new Puffed and Snapped, have been developed in a 40,000 square foot innovation laboratory at the Battle Creek, Michigan headquarters where Cheez-Its are made. Have you ever heard of Battle Creek, Michigan? I've heard of Michigan. Yeah, Battle Creek is a, it's, well, I don't really know anything about it except two things. Three things, really. Number one, it's fun to say. Battle Creek. That's like a good town. Battle name. Creek, Battle Creek. Oh, bet you can't say it five times fast. I definitely can't, and I'm try. not even going to try. Try, try, Battle try. Creek, Battle Creek, Battle Creek, Battle Creek, Battle Creek. Hey, that was five. Battle, <laughs> Battle Creek, Battle Creek. I can't do it. Yeah. Battle Creek, Battle Creek, Battle Creek, Battle Creek, Battle Creek, Battle Creek. Fervor. <laughs> Rarebit. Rarebit. Battle Creek. Fervor. We need to add all of those to the Junk Food <laughs> Dictionary. Right after uh, Segment Switcher Upper? Yep. Yeah, that was What a was good the one. other one? Hmm, I don't know. Oh, the World Use Podcast. Yeah, that's right. So, Queso Fundido. I mean, that Queso Fundido is going to go into. That's fun to say. Battle Creek is fun to say. Queso Fundido is fun to say. Listen. The other two things I know about Battle Creek, it was the name of a map in Halo Combat Evolved, the original Xbox shooting game. Everyone talks about that. Yeah, and it's also the home, or at least the place that he's billed from, uh, Rob Van Dam, professional wrestler, one of my favorites of all time. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam of the five-star flog, flog, <laughs> oh no, five-star frog splash fame. Flog splash fame. Flog splash. We gotta add that too. Flog splash. Maybe the maybe the Boston frog that says rare bit can say flog splash. Rare bit, rare bit, rare bit, rare bit, rare bit. Sounds like you're saying Robert with like a weird accent. Robert, Robert. Oh boy. What it does? Hey, Liz. Yeah. Speaking of innovation, Cheez-Its have been involved in some recent robotics research. If you can believe that, 
robotic. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something that a snack food manufacturer would be involved in. But in this case, in 2015, the IEEE International Conference on Robotics and Automation in Seattle held its first ever Amazon picking challenge. Why do you think they might do something like that? Amazon picking? Amazon picking challenge. I have no clue. Well, it was a competition that was designed to help robots learn to manipulate real-world items in industrial settings. So you've seen, like, robots that work in car factories that can pick up a car door and bolt it in place, right? Something like that? Didn't you get to, like, play with a robot dog? Yeah, I've definitely seen and uh, operated robot dogs and robot vehicles and all sorts of fun stuff. And in this case, Amazon was trying to figure out if the robots that they designed for their warehouses would be able to pick up and pack very fragile things. They used boxes of Oreos, for example, because the Oreo box is not very rigid on the outside and the things inside are very fragile. So if you have a robot that's picking up those things and putting them in boxes to be shipped, you want to make sure the robot is able to pick those things up safely and not damage them. And in fact, Cheez-Its, Liss, were the toughest challenge for all of the robots. They couldn't be removed from picking bins without being rotated first because of the size and shape of the Cheez-It box. And all of the robots struggled with picking up boxes of Cheez-Its. Can you remind me? I want to test my theory. Dropping it from a little bit off the table, a little more, a little more, until it, like, breaks. You want to see how high you can drop a Cheez-It from before it will break? Yes. Okay, we'll do that later. Okay, you have to remind me, though. Well, you maybe could have uh, entered yourself into one of these competitions. And in fact, ultimately, the competition for the Amazon picking robots that figured out how to get those Cheez-Its out of the bins was won by the Technical University of Berlin. And then MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, came in second place. Second place? Yeah. That's where I would place. You, You would come in second? Yeah. In the robot competition? Yeah. How would you convince the judges that you were actually a robot and not a person? I could jump inside of the robot. Oh, so you would you would operate a Cheez-It picking robot like it was a mecha, like you were inside of a mech suit. Yeah. Like an alien loader. Yeah. And you would run around the Amazon warehouse just picking up Cheez-Its? Yeah. And they wouldn't know that it was you inside there. They would just think that this large humanoid robot that only likes Cheez-Its has come into the warehouse. <laughs> yeah. But instead, inside would be a small girl. Yeah. And then when they found me, I'd be like, Cheez-Its, help yourself. <laughs> All right. Hey, what would the uh, what would the robot's name be? Harold. Harold the robot. No, Harold Cheez-Its. Harold Cheez-It the robot. Yeah. And what color would he be? He'd be a light, pale, bluish purple. A light, pale, bluish purple robot named Harold Cheez-It <laughs> that you operate that is only found in an Amazon warehouse and only picks up boxes of Cheez-Its. Yes. A very, very specialized piece of equipment. Yeah. You know what color it would be if your brother was picking it out, right? Orange. Orange, that's right. And guess what, Liz? Orange. Wait, you say it like orange, not orange. I, yeah, I don't say orange. You say orange. I do say orange, and I don't say orange for the same reason I don't say coffee and chocolate. Coffee. Because I'm not from Staten Island. Coffee. 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 Orange. Why do you say orange? Why do you say orange? Because it's, it's, it's O-R, orange. Uh-huh, orange. Orange. Hey, guess what? What? Guess what color Cheez-Its are? Orange. Yeah, they're orange, just like cheddar cheese. Yeah, you did it again. I did a segment switcher upper. Yep. Do you know what the color in Cheez-Its comes from? Nope. It's not all cheddar cheese. In fact, the cheddar cheese that they use is a little bit more pale. So the color to make them that sort of brilliant burnished orange that you see has to come from somewhere else. And in fact, it comes from annatto. What's annatto? Annatto is a natural food dye. A natural? Yeah. Or like... It's a plant that grows. Oh. And there are annatto seeds, and if you grind them down, you get like a really deep, dark red paste. And that's sort of achiote, that annatto paste. Can we grow a garden and have annatto plant in there? We can certainly try. I don't know if annatto <laughs> will grow very well up here. I think it only does well in hotter, drier climates. So like the desert? Yep, annatto would grow pretty well in the desert. I think it's a crop that grows fairly well in Mexico as well. Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. Watch out. Mexico, watch out. Is that like cheese? It's help yourself? No, I'm just going to plant my seeds there. Oh, you're going to Mexico to plant seeds. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll stay at Aunt Judy's house. <laughs> it's a really pretty house. It is, you're right. Yep. So aside from the annatto and the cheddar cheese, there's also a little bit of paprika in the crackers. Paprika. Paprika, and that gives them a little bit of flavor as well to add complexity to the taste profile. But all of this together, putting the annatto and the paprika and the cheese in there, it's sort of like giving the crackers a, a fake tan. 
Like we're changing their color to make them a little bit more orange. Speaking of cheese, I got the spray cheese today. Oh, I saw that in the fridge. I'm very excited about that. In the fridge? I put it in the pantry. Well, then I saw it in the pantry. Did you have some yet? No, not yet. It's good. It is the holiday season or the holiday season is coming up and that's the probably like the only time of the year when we reliably have a can of spray cheese in the house. I feel like we only have spray cheese during Christmas Yep. because that's when Uncle Matt comes. <laughs> and you get the spray cheese specifically for Uncle Matt. Yeah, because no one else eats it except for him. You know what? I would say, Liz, that spray cheese is underrated, probably. Underrated? Underrated, yeah. I think it's a surprisingly good food stuff. It it's is weird. good. It's weird that it comes in a can and has a spray nozzle on it, but you know what? If we can eat pizza that gets sauce sprayed on it with a hose, we can eat cheese that comes sprayed out of a can, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Cheez-Its as well have a an interesting... I, there it is. I said interesting again. Stop saying interesting. Cheez-Its, just like spray cheese, have a fairly complex flavor profile. Yeah. Yeah, and most of that comes from a guy whose name is W. Elliot Brownlee, or was. He's a biochemist. He died in 1997. But before that, he had been a vice president at a subsidiary of Sunshine Bakery, which at the time owned Cheez-Its. And he was developing specialized flours and additives for snack foods just like Cheez-It. And he, <laughs> this is interesting, Liz. He later won an award for ice dancing in the New York Senior Olympics of the 1970s. How does that have to do with Cheez-Its? It doesn't. It's just an interesting fact about this uh, guy, this guy, oh. Elliot Brownlee. Okay, then. You don't really think of biochemists who are designing food additives to have sort of exterior lives like that. Yeah. yeah, but he was pretty fascinating. Hey, do you know who else, what uh, fictional character was a food uh, a food additive scientist? Um, a food scientist? Specifically a food additive scientist. No. Clark W. Griswold Jr. Griswold? Yeah, Clark Griswold. Remember he was designing a non-nutritive cereal varnish? No. That's the stuff that he sprays on the bottom of his flying disc that he uses to sled down the hill and break the world land speed record? Can we get some of that? Well, it doesn't exist. There is actual cereal additives that keep that, your cereal crunchy in milk. It doesn't exist yet. Yet. Oh, you're going to invent uh, a non-nutritive cereal varnish? Yeah, that's edible. And then you're going to say, let me guess, non-nutritive cereal varnish, help yourself. Uh-uh. No? Help the peck. Oh, boy. Did you know, Liz, that Cheez-It has a mascot? Is it cheese? It is. It's a wheel of cheese, and the wheel of cheese makes very uh, juvenile jokes. You know how we make dad jokes on this show? Yeah. He makes like kid jokes. Kid jokes. Yeah. It's a reference to the fact that certain types of cheddar cheese mature as they age. So when you say a flavor matures, that usually means that it changes a little bit and gets usually deeper and more complex. So the idea behind that advertising campaign was that cheddar cheese used for Cheez-Its was of a better variety than some newer cheeses. Does that make sense? I think. Yeah. Here's the weird thing about that though. So in the commercials, there's a big wheel of cheese and scientists will ask it questions. And if it makes like kind of silly kid jokes back to them, they say that it's not ready yet. But then once it answers them like a mature adult would, they say, yes, this cheese is ready. Here's the weird part about that. The cheese being mature means that they're going to take it and like chop it up and shave it down into shreds to be baked into crackers. So yeah, there was a Reddit post about this. Cheez-Its maturity is a sign of its willingness to accept its inevitable death. That's so sad. Isn't that awful? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'll never watch a Cheez-It commercial the same way again. Yeah, you just ruined my Cheez-It hood for me. Well, Liz, here's a way to cheer you back up. If you want to see lots of Cheez-It commercials, probably, you can watch the Cheez-It Bowl. There is a college football bowl that's named after Cheez-Its. When does the Super Bowl end? The, well, the Super Bowl is usually in February. The Cheez-It Bowl this year is going to be in December on my birthday, if you can believe it. The 20... That's okay. You don't have to tell everybody when my birthday is. Okay. Yeah. So the Cheez-It Bowl was originally the Blockbuster Bowl in 1990. It was held in Miami. Uh, the inaugural game was Penn State versus Florida State. Now the game is held in Orlando. Before it was the Cheez-It Bowl, but after it was the Blockbuster Bowl, it was... Liz, are you ready for this? Yes. The CarQuest Bowl, the Micron PC and MicronPC.com Bowl, the Visit Florida Tangerine Bowl, the Mazda Tangerine Bowl, the Champ Sports Bowl, the Russell Athletic Bowl, and the Camping World Bowl. Why? Well, because corporate sponsors for bowl games change just about every year. But if you wanted to get all of those corporate sponsors into one trip to see a football bowl game list, 
You could drive your car from CarQuest to visit Florida, eat some tangerines in your Russell Athletic gear that you bought at Champ Sports with the money you saved on a personal computer by shopping at Micron PC before you trade the car in for a Mazda that you can then take to buy a tent at Camping World so you can tailgate and eat Cheez-Its at the Cheez-It Bowl. That was a lot. What do you think about that? Can we do that? Uh, well, I don't think we can do exactly all of that because I'm almost certain that MicronPC.com does not exist anymore. Oh. Yeah. Did it exist when you were little? Well, at some point it did, for sure, because the MicronPC and MicronPC.com bowl was a real thing. Oh. Yeah. There were a lot of personal computer vendors way back when, usually around the 90s, like right in that early internet or pre-internet era. I think our first home PC was an Apple IIe, and then after that, our first Windows PC was a Gateway 2000, I want to say. And I think after that, we had a Compaq Presario. These are words that mean absolutely nothing to you, but for some of the uh, folks out there that are my age, these, these names are going to bring back a little bit of nostalgia, I think. Yeah, I have no clue what any of that meant. So Liz, yeah. here's, another, here's another good fact circle for us. The original Blockbuster Bowl was held in Miami, Florida. Dayton, Ohio, where Cheez-Its were invented, sits on the banks of the Miami River, which is not named for the city in Florida list, but rather for the city in Ohio, which is Miami, Ohio. Miami, Ohio? Miami, Ohio. Guess what? There's a university in Miami, Ohio, which is Miami University of Ohio. The most famous alumnus from that school probably is Ben Roethlisberger, a football quarterback who was drafted to play in Pittsburgh, where we said earlier the first ever radio broadcast of a baseball game was played in 1921, the year that Cheez-Its were invented. What does this mean, Liz? Huh? Absolutely nothing. Yay! <laughs> okay, one more? Yeah. Okay. The Cheez-It Bowl was originally held in Miami, but it's now held in Orlando, where in 2010, a man was arrested for battery because he threw a box of Cheez-Its at his wife and hit her in the eye. 2010? That's when I was born. Yeah. Well, you weren't there for that, thank goodness. <laughs> that would have been funny. Here's another funny fact about the Cheez-It Bowl list. At the 2020 Cheez-It Bowl, so just two years ago, Yeah. Oklahoma State beat Miami 37-34. to Mm -hmm. The Oklahoma State coach was doused with a Gatorade jug full of, guess what? Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its! <laughs> that coach was a guy named Mike Gundy. Have you ever heard of Mike Gundy? Nope. So Mike Gundy is famous really for two things. He has, number one, a really fantastic mullet. Ugh. And number two, he went on sort of like an unhinged rant at a press conference where he screamed, I'm a man, I'm 40, at a reporter who had written some uh, unfavorable articles about one of his student athletes. Oh. Yeah, so shout out to Jeremy and all the other cowpokes out there that are listening. Liz. What? I'm a man and I'm 40. Mm -hmm. What do you think it would take for me to yell that at somebody? Like, what would they have to do for me to get upset enough for me to yell at somebody that I'm a man and I'm 40 and they should do whatever they were doing to me? I have no clue. I actually, like, wouldn't know what to do. You can't think of anything? No. What would you? What does would that you? mean I'm, like, chill enough to not ever have to do that? I hope that I am. Yeah, I don't think you would do that. I definitely would not do that. First of all, because I probably would not find myself in a situation where I had to yell that at somebody. And also because I wouldn't be advertising the fact that I'm that old. Well, you are old. I know. I just, <laughs> I don't need you to remind me each and every week right here on this very program. <laughs> 10 more years and you'll be 50. Oh. <laughs> well, this show will probably still be going on by then. Really? There's no way we're going to be able to eat all of the crap that, uh, excuse me, all of the really great snacks that there are out there <laughs> in the world within the next 10 years. Good job, Dad. Thanks, bud. Segment Switcher Upper. Segment Switcher Upper. In addition to the Cheez-It Bowl list, there have been a lot of different partnerships for marketing efforts with Cheez-Its. In fact, there's one with a vineyard called House Wines. They make wines specifically to pair with Cheez-Its. Like stuff to drink with Cheez-Its? Yeah, it's wine that you can get to drink just with different kinds of Cheez-Its. Why? Because wine pairing is a thing that people do with food. And in this case, the Cheez-It marketing department probably paid them a bunch of money for a partnership agreement. I'm sure they have many wines for steak. Probably there are some wines with steak, maybe like a nice uh, Burgundy or a Cabernet. Do they have a wine for Cheetos? They don't have a wine for Cheetos, as far as I know, but they do have a wine for the extra toasty variety of Cheez-Its. It's, it's a very special Sauvignon Blanc that they've vented. Oh. Yeah. And in fact, you can use Cheez-Its in recipes as well. There's a chef named Mason Hereford, who in 2017 won the Best New Restaurant in America honorific for the New Orleans eatery Turkey and the Wolf that was uh, courtesy of Bon Appetit magazine. Bon Appetito, chico. Yeah. 
Well, Chef Mason uses Cheetos in sandwiches and on ice cream. And his pastry chef, in fact, has a chocolate chip and cheese it cookie in her repertoire. Do you think that would be good? No. I like salty and sweet stuff together. I don't. You don't well, think cheese it's and chocolate like... chips would be good together? No. Well, then you're not going to like this next treat list. It's from goldbelly.com, which is a website that ships foods all around the country from famous places. And on the 100th anniversary of Cheez-Its last year, they had a 100th anniversary Cheez-It cake. They used, yeah, a cake. They used an entire box of Cheez-Its in the recipe for the cake. A whole box? A whole box. There was ground Cheez-It flour in the cake mix. There were Cheez-Its sprinkled on top. It was made uh, by Chef Stephanie Izard from Top Chef. She had a Cheez-It-themed cake at her wedding, Liz. A Cheez-It-themed cake. At her wedding. At her wedding. That's right. How did her husband feel about that? Well, I think he probably either loved Cheez-Its or really loved his wife. What would you do? What would mom do if you did that? If I said I wanted a Cheez-It cake at our wedding? Yeah. Well, I probably wouldn't have to worry about it because she wouldn't have married me. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite application list of Cheez-Its is something that I do at home. And it's something that I call dirtbag snack mix. Dirtbag. Yeah. So you know how we... I'm just a teenage dirtbag baby. Yeah. Well, we're about to be Cheez-It dirtbags list. When I'm too tired (laughs) to make real snack mix, you know that like really big batch of snack mix that we make with all the really good stuff in it? Yeah. When I either don't have all the ingredients or I'm just too tired to do it. I take a handful of Cheez-Its and a handful of peanuts and I just stick them in a bowl and I eat them together. And it's a little bit more complex than like just eating the Cheez-Its or just eating the peanuts, but not as involved as going to the trouble of making a real snack mix. So that's dirt bag snack mix, Cheez-Its and peanuts in a bowl together. Do you call it that because it's like bad? No, because well, it's... because it's like, it's good, but it's like trash. <laughs> uh, I really just call it that because it's lazy. Yeah. Yeah, like lazy, like a dirt bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, making dirt bag snack mix is one of my favorite things to do with Cheez-Its. And Liz, guess what? What? It's time for my favorite part of this show. Alyssa reads the ingredients. Alyssa reads the ingredients. Are you ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Actually, I don't know if I'm ready for this. You can do it, I believe. Okay. Enriched flour, wheat flour, niacin, mm-hmm. reduced, reduced iron, vitamin B1, Diamond, 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 mononitrate. Mononitrate. Mononitrate, vitamin B2, riboflavin. Riboflavin. Riboflavin, folic acid, vegetable oil, high olic soybean, uh, soybean, palm, and or canola oil, TBHQ for freshness, cheese made with skim milk, skim milk, whey protein. Whey protein. Salt, cheese, cultures, enzymes, and anato. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anato extract color contains 2% or less of salt, paprika, yeast, paprika extract color, soy, less of them. That's right. Very good. That was really good. Thank you. Hey, remember when you said earlier that you had heard that there was an addictive ingredient in cheez yes. Which one of these things that you just read do you think it might be? Um, maybe the like, is it near the end or in the middle? Well, it could be a few different things. It could be the salt. It could be the cheese cultures, because those are kinds of things that activate some sensors in your body that make you want to eat more of something. It could also be the addition of yeast. It says down at the bottom, contains 2% or less of salt, paprika, yeast, etc. In this case, if they're talking about nutritional yeast, nutritional yeast is a food additive that contains umami flavors, Liz. Do you know what umami is? I don't know. It's like another, another flavor profile, another sense that your body has for flavor that tastes savory. So like we've talked about MSG in the past. Yeah. MSG is a big umami flavor. Things like mushrooms, tomatoes, they have a lot of umami flavor in them. That sounds like edamame. It does sound like edamame. You're right. Uh, Nutritional yeast might be one of those things. Yeah. So are you ready to try some of these? Yeah. Well, then let's get to the rules of the game, Liz. Junk Feud is a culinary clash to see which treat will be crowned the undisputed champion of snacks. It's a king of the mountain style battle in which the reigning champ takes on a new challenger each week to see which snack reigns supreme. Liz. Yeah. Our reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks is movie theater popcorn still. Yeah. Yeah, movie theater popcorn has been the champ since defeating Slime Liquors in its first title defense. 
I that wasn't a surprise. No, not at all. The slime <laughs> liquors were gross. They weren't gross. Well, movie theater popcorn is going to have a tough time today because today we are trying Cheez-Its, the original 1921 classic baked rare bit snack cracker. You said, Liz, it has the essence of cheesiness in it. Wait, Dad, fun yeah. fact. Go ahead. We were at our friend's house and she told us that after our podcast, she had to go out and buy a box of movie theater popcorn. That's right. Three times that week after listening to this show. Our friend Miss Stephanie ate movie theater popcorn. Shout out to Miss Stephanie. Shout out to Miss Stephanie. Listen, are there any additional challengers this week? And you know that there are because we already talked about it. Toasty Cheez-Its. Extra toasty Cheez-Its. Listen, for a while there were claims that the Cheez-It company was very lax with its quality control. And that as a result, there would be some batches of crackers, Cheez-It crackers that had variations to them. And that would be like if you found a bunch that were stuck together in a whole row, for example. Or like a batch that didn't have any salt on them. But the one most sought out variation were slightly burned Cheez-Its that maybe would have been left in the oven too long. And people that liked those said that the extra toasty Cheez-Its had a better depth of flavor. So always being innovated, Cheez-Its started marketing extra toasty Cheez-Its on their own. And in fact, some people say this was uh, just a way for them to cut down on food cost by reclaiming crackers that would have been rejected by their quality assurance profiles otherwise. Yeah. I've had the slightly burned Cheez-Its before in a regular box, but I've never actually had the intentionally dark extra toasty ones. So I'm kind of excited for this. I have. You Well, you said that you ate almost the entire box. Well, no, just the regular ones. But I have had the burnt ones before. Oh, well, so then you know what to expect. So you can kind of coach me through the differences here. Yeah, they're pretty good. Well, guess what? What? It's crunch time. Crunch time. We rate our snacks using a tier list from sprinkles to fun dip. Sprinkles to fun dip. So snacks can be graded A, B, C, D, or F with the very best treats earning the elusive S-tier ranking. The following contest is scheduled for one serving. And one serving. And is for the undisputed championship of junk food. Are you ready? Yes. So we're going to try original classic Cheez-Its crackers. And you are like waiting not so patiently to dig into these. These yeah. are the regular ones. These are the toasty ones. You can tell the difference, obviously, yeah. immediately by the like way they the look. This is like the burntest one. Yeah, that's the that's a an extra, extra toasty one. So let's look These at the plain ones, ones first. These do look kind of toasty, though. They do have a little bit of a burnished finish to them. Like they're, I want to get one that's, whoa, they're a little lots bit brown. of salt. Yeah, so that's immediately one of the things that you notice about these crackers. And the little ridges. I like those. Those are cute. The ridges on the outside are cool. The hole in the middle is cool, and it probably actually is functional. I I think probably when these things are baked or fried that they're uh, the hole in the middle lets steam escape doesn't let I them puff up. If like, do you think? Actually, I'm gonna save my question for the end for the will it deep fry because I have something cool about that. Good idea. I'm look just looking at the outside of these things. There is so much salt on these crackers. It is like very very visible, very prevalent on the outside, and you are licking the salt <laughs> off of the cracker. That's disgusting, and crunching away. I'm gonna. I'll try one of these now. Mm, just as good as I remember from yesterday. Yeah, these are these are really good. I love them. There's like a big burst of saltiness right at the initial bite. Let's try. I'm gonna try catch it. Oh, really close. Oh, that that took a pretty far fall. Well, we'll do that later. There's sort of like that toasty flavor of the the baked flour, obviously, or fried flour, and then the cheese is present the whole time, but it's not overwhelming. These are obviously very cheesy crackers, but the flavor kind of builds as you chew them. And it does in fact have a little bit of that mature cheddar sort of flavor profile that's a little nutty, a little mellow, a little bit tangy. And it's sort of, it's much more complex than I would expect for a small cracker with some salt on it. Uh Uh-uh. You mean the lightly toasted cracker with the cheesy essence. Yeah, the cheesy essence is absolutely here. Wait, I gotta redo that. Ready? So, the lightly toasted cracker with the pale orange coloring and the and the cheese, yes. Did you forget what you were saying right in the middle there? Yeah. They've got a little bit of a of a scent to them. They smell kind of cheesy. Like, they obviously don't have that very pronounced funk that some kinds of cheeses can have. But it's really like a, it's a snappy kind of cheddar. And I know what you're saying about the addictive quality of these. There is, there's something in the flavor profile of these that does make your mouth water and make you want to take you're another like, bite and have keep, more. Keep going for it. Yeah. And the, the very small size, that 26 by 24 millimeter size is super easy to pick up just one and keep popping them or even like a whole handful and just shove them in. Yeah. 
Are the burnt ones the same size? Yeah, so I took a look at the box for the extra toasty Cheez-Its, and they're exactly the same. They're just left in the in the oven a bit longer, in the fryer a bit longer. So are you ready to try the extra toasty Cheez-Its? Wait, hold on. And I mean, looking at these, they're exactly the same except the color. In, in spots, these are like splotchy, like they have little patches of very dark brown. You know what I'm noticing? Like a dark burnt amber color on them. Some of the burnt ones, most of the burnt ones have like a bigger hole. Yeah, they do look that way. So I'm having a couple, I'm going to try a couple of these because I want to make sure I can tell the difference. They taste kind of stale. Yeah, I think I can definitely tell the difference. The extra toasty Cheez-Its are, like they say on the box, extra toasty. You can tell the difference between the regular Cheez-Its, which sort of have a, a brighter, more upfront flavor. Mm-hmm. And the extra toasty flavor, which is a little bit nuttier, a little bit more mellow, sort of a deeper, darker flavor profile, obviously. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, because we're going to get to our bliss point in a minute. I like the extra toasty Cheez-Its. I don't like all of the extra toasty Cheez-Its. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -mm. if I had a box of regular Cheez-Its, and every now and then there was one in there that was a little bit more cooked, I would like that as a change from what I was eating, but I don't want them all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't want every one I eat to be extra toasty. Mm -hmm. It's like a nice surprise, a good bonus in the pack. Yeah, like, look at this one. Uh Uh-huh. And then look at this one. Like, you can see, like, the splotches of the burnt on this one other than this one. Yeah, even in the regular box of Cheez-Its, there are some that have a little bit of variation. And I think that's just natural because you're dealing with food. And even though we have these really mechanized procedures for industrial food manufacturing... They're not all going to be the same at all. These are still natural items for the most part. We read the ingredients. It's food. So they're going to cook differently. I just keep popping them in. So Liz, before you eat this entire bowl, let's hit the bliss point. What are your final thoughts on Cheez-Its and extra toasty Cheez-Its? Well, they definitely have plenty of salt. Lots of salt, for sure. Can I rate them? Absolutely. Let's have your ratings. From sprinkles to fun dip, let's see what you think. I would much rather have the regular Cheez-Its than the burnt ones. I agree. Extra toasty is good, but not all the time. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I'd say I'm going to give the Cheez-Its an A and the extra toasty maybe like a B plus. Okay. That's a good rating. I think, man, I love Cheez-Its. Here's a weird story. It's a digression, so we'll go through it really quickly. When I was a kid in the town I grew up in, there was an ice cream parlor. And on the way to the ice cream parlor, when I would walk there, there was like this little shack. It looked like a very small house that probably couldn't have had like more than one or two rooms in it. And I always used to imagine when I was little that if I was grown, I would buy a shack <laughs> a shack like that that just had enough room for a bedroom and maybe a small kitchen so that I could sit in there and watch TV all day. And next to the chair in which I would sit and watch TV, I would have big barrels that had all my favorite snack foods in them. One of them would have Oreos, one of them would have Doritos, and one of them would just be a big barrel of Cheez-Its. And I could imagine myself sitting there in a recliner, dipping my hand into this big barrel of Cheez-Its and being left to my own devices to do whatever I wanted. That was like my independence fantasy when I was a small child. It's very strange. But the fact is, Cheez-Its are an amazing snack, like the essence of snackability. So yeah, for me, these are a solid A all the way. Extra toasty Cheez-Its, I think... I don't know, B minus, because they're inheriting a lot of what I like about Cheez-Its, but I just, I can't get down with the the super burned profile all the way, all the time. Once in a while, it's nice. I can't do it for every bite. So what do you think? As you have an entire (laughs) mouthful of these as you're listening to me and chomping away. Liz, is that mouthful of Cheez-Its, that salty snack, enough to unseat our reigning, defending, undisputed champion of snacks, movie theater popcorn? This is a surprise, but I think that... So far, that what we've tried, nothing can beat movie theater popcorn. You know what? As much as it pains me to say this because I love Cheez-Its, I think you're right. Popcorn is our winner today and still reigning, defending, undisputed champion of junk food. Yeah. Movie theater popcorn. I mean, this was as close as we've come so far for for popcorn, obviously. Yeah. Because slime liquors wasn't going to do it. Well, obviously. No, and I think there's going to be an interesting competition next week because the two different types of snacks we're going to have are pretty diametrically opposed. They are like on opposite ends of the snack spectrum. But for today, a valiant effort, but Cheez-Its cannot get it done. Wait, Dad. Yeah, bud. We still have to try my experiment. Oh, it's time for an impromptu food experiment with Alyssa. Yeah. Let's see how high you have to drop a Cheez-It from before it will break. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to start with about an inch. Okay. 
nope. it didn't break. Still intact. We'll do for about here. That's I'd about say. three inches. Sure. Yeah, we'll just say three inches. Still intact. I want to like drive up here now. Okay, that's about a foot. Still intact, and in fact, you dropped it on the floor. We'll we'll still use this horn because this is like our showbiz one. Now. Okay. All right. Let's let's see. It's about a foot and a half. Oh. Has not broken yet. What if I like? Oh, all right. So if you slam it down on the table, <laughs> then the cheese it, it shatters and you get crumbs all over your keyboard, which is exactly what happened. And then you eat the crumbs. Oh, I forgot this one fell on the floor. <laughs> oh, gross. It's okay. Well, you know what else is okay? What? The Oreo rule. Yeah. We don't have any Oreos this week, but Lissa. What? There is a rumor going around that snickerdoodle Oreos are coming back soon. What's a snickerdoodle Oreo? Do you know what a snickerdoodle is? Yes. What is it? It's a cookie. It's a cookie. What's the flavor profile of a snickerdoodle? From what I remember, I feel like it was like cinnamon. Yeah, it's like a cakey sugar cookie that's rolled in cinnamon sugar. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see how they do snickerdoodle Oreos because these have been around before, but I don't remember having them before. I don't either. We'll have to try them when they come out. You know what else we'll have to try? What? To figure out, like we do each and every week, by asking a very important question, can you deep fry this week's snack? Will it deep fry? Maybe. Maybe, yeah, sure. So I don't think you would want to deep fry a Cheez-It cracker itself. They're already fried. What might you want to do? You said you had something oh, yeah. to say about this. So with the size of like the hole in the Cheez-It, maybe like a really thin skewer, you would like put them on in like a, like a Cheez-It stack almost. Like a Cheez-It kebab, sure. And then you would like stick it into like the deep fry stuff. Hold it until it's like like a corn dog thing. Yeah. And then eat it. Oh, so you would want to skewer and then fry and then eat Cheez-Its as they are. Yeah. You know what I think would happen if you did that with some regular Cheez-Its? What? You would have just invented extra toasty Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably the same thing. You know what you can do, though, Liz? What? You wouldn't want to fry the Cheez-Its themselves, but you would want to make recipes using Cheez-Its as ingredients that maybe you then fried. So... Just like the Cheez-It cake that used crushed up or ground up Cheez-Its, you could use crushed up Cheez-Its as a breading for fried foods or snacks. In fact, I'm thinking of like a Cheez-It chicken cutlet. That would be pretty good. Ew. Yeah, people use like crushed up cornflakes to make fried chicken. You could use crushed up Cheez-Its as the external breading for fried chicken. I think that would be pretty good. Maybe we'll try that. Good idea. You know what else we're going to try? What? We're going to try to check out the back of the box. The back of the box. This is a weekly segment where we play a little game. Alyssa, would you like to play a game? I would love to play a game. This week's segment is perennial favorite. Alyssa explains it all. <laughs> My favorite. Alyssa explains it all is a segment where Alyssa, a child, explains to me an old, an item of use... Uh, use culture. <laughs> an item of youth culture. Okay. What's Liz. the phrase, Dad? Okay. So I heard a phrase the other day. I want you to tell me what it means. I heard the phrase, no cap. Oh, gosh. No cap. And I think it's possibly related to this week's snack, but in a weird way. Why? Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Here's what I think no cap means. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, Alyssa. Yes. There's a football stadium called Lambeau Field. We talked about the Cheez-It Bowl and Cheez-It sponsoring football. The team that plays at Lambeau Field is called the Green Bay Packers, and Green Bay Packers fans have lots of interesting traditions, but one of them is the donning of a very specific type of headgear. A hat, Alyssa. The uh -huh. cheese head. Do you know what the cheese head is? Have you ever seen the cheese head hat? No, but this is taking the wrong turn. Well, bear with me here. So <laughs> the cheese head is like a big wedge of, it looks like Swiss cheese that you wear on your head. Now, the reason for this is that the Midwest makes a lot of cheese. Wisconsin in particular is famous for cheese. And so there are cheese heads that wear these things on their heads and root on their team. So Liz. Yeah. When someone says no cap, I think no cap means... I'm not wearing a hat. No. No cap. Like, so if you were going out, if you and I were going to go outside somewhere before we left, you'd be like, hey, let's go to the mall. No cap. And I'd be like, oh, okay, that's good because I was going to wear a hat. But now you said no cap, so I'm not going to. And you could decide whether you wanted to wear a hat or not by saying cap or no cap. Is that right? No. No? <laughs> good try, dad. Okay. Well, what does it mean? So no cap is like, say you like, I just explained this to my friend's mom. Yeah, my friend were in the car. Okay. So basically, say you were like saying something that's not the truth. Like say you were telling a lie. Uh-huh. So like be like Cheeto so be like Cheez Its aren't good. Say that. Cheez Its aren't good. Cap. What? So cap is like a lie. 
So capping is lying. No, cap is like when you catch someone lying. Oh. You would yell like cap. Oh, so then no cap means, no cap means like I'm not lying. Yeah, so like if you were like, these Cheez-Its are really good, I would be like, no cap. So, okay, so if I wasn't wearing a hat and I wasn't lying about it, I'd be like, no cap, no cap. Stop. That's true. That, that was good. I did it right. <laughs> yeah. This is this is how I think of it. Like, if you're telling a lie, you put the cap over it and it like seals the lie. Oh. So it's like cap, like, you know. Uh-huh. And no cap is there's nothing to seal in the lie. Yeah, so no cap, there's like no cap. It's like a it's not a lie, so it can just be free. Well, Lissa, it's no lie. This podcast should reach you in excellent condition, satisfaction guaranteed, or your money back. If you've got a question for us, you can write to the address on the label. That's junkfeudpod at gmail.com. No cap. No cap. Not wearing a hat today. <laughs> Liz. Yeah. This podcast has contained your recommended daily allowance of fun. Fun. For more, go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or wherever you choose to be social. Find us at Junk Feud Pod. Stream with us on Twitch, watch fun size snack reviews on YouTube, buy merch on TeePublic, and fund us on Patreon at Junk Feud Pod for exclusive bites. And don't forget to catch all the snacks here each and every week, wherever you listen to podcasts. Until we see you again for Alyssa, I'm Mike. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on ya. Bye. That was a really good one.